everyone, and welcome to The Geek Rant, episode 246, A Bevy of News, recorded July 17th, 2016, and brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the show where we get our geek on. This is The Geek Rant, and I am your host, Mark, the Sultan of the Soapbox Cockerel, and joining me this week, as always, are your two stalwart co-hosts, Chris, the Command Line Godfather Neves, and Seth, the Gooey Kid Anderson. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, Mark, Seth, and everyone out there in internet land, it's been a one heck of a week. And a big Texas howdy to everybody else. All right. Um, Sorry, I just, I'm drawing a blank. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's good to be back with you guys. Today just feels like a weird day. I don't, I don't know why, Um, but you, it seems like it's affecting you guys too, that that things, something's just not quite right. I don't know what. Um. We had a, a, a heavy storm here yesterday, as we frequently do, uh, being in, in the area where we are, lots of, um, lots of rain, lots of storms. But my neighbor uh, had this massive, probably 70-year-old tree in their front yard. It was huge, uh, and it was, it was a big uh, forked trunk. Like one part went straight off and one part uh, uh, moved, okay. you know, like maybe 70 degrees kind of thing. Well, the giant 70-degree part fell in the storm. And fell Whoa. to the point it was it was the most amazing thing. They have this um, really nice uh, s- uh, swing on their front porch area that's c- kind of like a, a big uh, cedar pergola over it. It's, it's not just something you'd go to Walmart and get. <clears throat> and of course, they had a couple of cars in the driveway. The thing fell exactly right and missed everything, and the 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 smallest of the twigs brushed the glass front door, but nothing went through it. It was like it was the very perfect scenario. I mean, for a tree falling, it was the absolute best way. Wow. I mean, they could, had to go out the back door because they couldn't get out because there was, you know, a, a thousand pounds of wood there. But otherwise, they came out completely unscathed. <clears throat> and it was just one of the most amazing things to watch when I looked out there. And it was, it, if, if the tree had grown another year, it would have been a foot longer and would have broken through their front door. Uh, but right. it was exactly just wow. right. That's, that, that's, Man, they better go out and buy some lottery tickets. <laughs> yes. Fate's looking at them that well. Yeah, and it missed everything of importance other than a mess. You know, they had to get out there with some chainsaws and clean some stuff up, and it made a mess. But otherwise, and they went ahead and took the whole tree down. And, and right. that made me sad to see that giant tree go, uh, mainly because I have trees the same size and age, and they may f- be falling on my house soon. Um, totally changed the look of their Let's front yard, not. too. It's amazing how, because, uh, you know, when you got a big tree like that, the grass doesn't grow under it. Um, and there's always this, you know, sort of brown spot. Well, now there's this big brown spot where obviously a tree used to be and a stump, and but no tree. Mm-hmm. Um, what side uh, of the house was it on? Front, north, south, east, west. Um, what is that? Th- that would be one of those directions. Um, I am directionally challenged. Uh, let's see if I can do work it out in my head. So when I leave for work, I make a right. And then another, and, and then a, uh, and then I make a left, and that's heading south. So it would be the east. Yeah, then it won't. You know, it'll means it'll get brighter in their house earlier, but it won't affect the cooling bill too much. No, it won't be a terrible thing. Anyway, that's that has nothing to do with this show perfect. or anything about it. I just thought it was kind of neat, one of those you know once in a yeah. one in a billion kind of things that everything could have landed just right. I mean, I mean, obviously losing a giant chunk of tree is not a good thing. But it was the best case, worst case scenario possible. Right. Right. <clears throat> I had some friends yeah, come over from Texas so. yesterday, 
they uh their kid plays travel ball uh and so they were down in Florida from from Katy near Houston, Texas. Um and so and they were headed up to Branson for a vacation and Atlanta's not quite in the way in between there, but they made it in between there. So they came in at like five o'clock Saturday night, stayed uh, overnight and left at about eight o'clock this morning. So it wasn't exactly a long uh, uh, stay, but it was nice to get to see some hear a friendly accent. Uh, that was nice. Right. <laughs> what about you guys? Anything interesting this imagine. weekend? Not really. Uh, been pretty quiet around up here. We've been pelted with hail, but uh, right. other than the hail and the fifty mile plus mile hour winds, it's been pretty normal. I, I kind of know not to ask. You, Chris, uh, but I'll ask Seth. Have you seen the new Star Trek movie, Seth? I have not seen it yet. Okay. Um, it's on my to-do list. I do want to see it, but no, I've not seen it yet. Um, I, this is a weird weekend for me because for the first time in almost six months, I worked a full week of work. And so, you know, 40 hours with some overtime and I have to get up at a regular job time Monday. So I, I don't know. Maybe that's why I'm off is I was actually a working man this last week. That could be. That's uh, you know, that's hard to get used to, going from being a, a bum to a working man. So, I feel you. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and then afterwards, who knows what life holds? And I've there's a 5K on the 30th that I want to run, but it's going to be hard because I've been running once or twice a week, so I don't think I'll do 40 minutes on this 5K. But you know. I I haven't physically I've kind of given up, but mentally I haven't given up on my uh one five k a month thing yet. You could do it, man. You're halfway through the year. Don't give up now. You might as well. Yeah, you might as well. You're over halfway through the year. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like I say, so I'm gonna run tonight when I get home, and then once um either Tuesday, probably Tuesday, because I work my last overnight thing for my Walmart contract on Wednesday. And then, you know, Saturday, I'll get out there and huff and puff and try not to die of a heat stroke Saturday morning uh, when I run. All right. Let us know how that goes. Seriously, I I want you to keep doing that uh, because that has been um, inspirational to me. Uh, Not that I've actually made any changes to my life in any way as a result of it, but I feel good about it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, you know, like in in June – I didn't get to run an official 5K because I I had it scheduled for the Saturday that my mom died Friday night beforehand. So, um, but I did, I pulled out a run keeper and I turned it on and I ran around my driveway 3.22 miles and took a screenshot and posted it online with the distance and the time. So that totally counts. Yeah. So, you know, and I might just end up doing that again because, uh, that's a little cheaper than paying to register at a race. So, uh, but I know that that makes my time slower because, you know, I mean, granted, I can't win a 5k because the last one I did officially, there were people who did the 10k faster than I did the five, but it's still that competition that forces you to try to do better, at least with me. And so when there's other people Mm -hmm. running, even though I lose by 10, 20 minutes or more, it's still I want to do better because there's other people there. And so what, what I think people need to do is uh, is they, have, they, they they always do the age bracket and you can be number one bracket. in your age bracket. Yeah, There's weight bracket. Exactly. I want to see, uh, you know, weight class the in the super heavyweight class. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I like it. 
six of a ton and over. I would <laughs> I would gold every time. And then, uh, of course, a lot of people wouldn't want to to admit that. But uh, there's a, a a race here called the Donut Dash. I think it is. And, yeah, we had that in January. Yeah, um, Donut Dash. It's something like, it. like that. I can't remember the exact name of it, but it's something like that. And and like uh, at a lot of uh, it, it's it's a full. It's it's not a marathon. Is it a marathon? I think it's a full marathon. And you know they have they have uh, water stations along the way, but they, at every water station there's like dozens of donuts too. Yeah, um, hip, hip, in <laughs> Dallas like there's the Hypnotic Donut Company, and their donuts are kind of hypnotic. So they put on the Hypnotic Donut Dash, and you know, and you don't have water stations, you have donut stations, and they happen to have water there. And you know, there's donut holes at every at everything, and so you get a couple of donut holes and a thing of water, and go on to your next one. I was proud of myself. I didn't stop for any of the donuts. I just got water. But of course, at the end. I figure, okay, I've ran. Now yeah, I can. Now I've earned the right to eat. So yeah. I wonder. I wonder which one of those is a ripoff of the other one. I don't know. What it could be the same company. I'm sure yeah. that you know. Or maybe maybe they just spontaneously had the same idea. Or maybe that everything you just said, I thought was something that happened here. Uh, that I I might have dreamed it. That happens. Yeah. There, that, there could yeah. be the Great Donut Dash Committee, and in Dallas, it's the Hypnotic Donut Dash, and in Atlanta, <laughs> it's the you know, yeah. it's the Fatty Donut it's Dash the, or whatever the donut company there it's is. The Donut Conference, sure, yeah, the Big Twelve yeah. of Donuts. Uh, one quick thing before we move on, I had a uh, a, a, a podcast listener uh, send me an email uh, Monday morning and said, "Hey, I'm in town for 48 hours for work." Uh, would you like to meet up for lunch? So, Richard, thanks for buying me lunch. Uh, yeah. It was the coolest thing. I really like. I, I it's it's kind of um, a, a blessing and a curse when when people do that because I, I don't know. I, generally speaking, I'm not entirely convinced anybody who would want to listen to me for three hours a week or so is actually sane. Uh, so there's, you know, there's, <laughs> there's some double-edged sword there. So I told my boss, look, I'm, I'm going to take an extra long lunch today. There's this guy, here's the thing. And if I'm not back in a couple of hours, I need you to come looking for me. <laughs> but <laughs> turns out Richard was just insane enough to, to enjoy my company, uh, but not so insane as to want to dismember me. So thank you, Richard, for lunch. Um, well. <laughs> anybody else who finds themselves in the Atlanta area, it is a Delta hub. So lots of people are there. I'd love to meet up with you. I really enjoy uh, meeting up with people and uh, and finding out that uh, you know I'm not going to say we're changing lives or anything, but we're entertaining you, and that's good enough. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty noble goal, and I'm happy to to know that yeah, we're meeting it. That, that's pretty cool. <laughs> didn't dis uh, I like it? Yeah, it bought me lunch. Uh, didn't dismember me. It was a good day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Now, having heard that from from Richard, let's uh, hear from a couple of other listeners. Owen offers some insight on Vivaldi. says, hi, guys, a few quick comments in this episode, number 245. Uh, Mark asks, if man should return to the moon, my answer is a resounding no. Why provoke the aliens who told us to leave and never return? I mean, that is what happened, right? Okay, now that I've had my fun, I will offer some non-facetious feedback. On a recent episode, and my apologies <laughs> for not remembering the number, Seth mentioned the Vivaldi browser and his interest in possibly taking it for a spin. As one who uses the browser since it was still in beta, I thought I would offer my experience. On the whole, I like Vivaldi and find it to be a reasonably fast and functional way to interface with the Internet. There are some features I really like, such as the ability to view two web pages at once. 
A large screen is needed to fully appreciate this, however. On Windows 7 and 10, I've encountered no real problems, but on Op- OpenSUSE Leap and Mint Cinnamon, I've found sporadic rendering issues. In fact, on LMNOP.com, there's a problem that causes all six podcast description boxes, which should only be visible when hovering over the individual icons, to be displayed on top of the web page. In turn, this obscures some of the icons and causes the play button for the most recent episode to be inaccessible. Vivaldi isn't my daily driver, but with continued improvements, it very well could become that. There is not, there's a lot to like, but there's also work to be done. Of course, my opinion in two bucks will get you a tall dark roast at Starbucks. So there's that. Thanks for the time. And it's good to have you back with live content. Owen. Yeah. I got to say his comment must've been before the most recent price increase at Starbucks. So, um, <laughs> but no, uh, thanks Owen. Um, the, the person who is somebody who's on the Vivaldi team reached out to me and my goal is to get them on a show sometime when we do a more technology theme thing and you know and they can just talk about vivaldi and you know how every browser sucks and why we need another one so i think that would be a cool show at some point in the future and if i if i remember correctly vivaldi vivaldi is the chromium engine with some from some special chrome around it is that right sure we'll, we'll go was, with that that was my experience yeah. that was my experience with it when i played with it for about three weeks um, it just, if you load it up with all the plugins that uh, you would load up Firefox or Chrome with, it ended up being in about the same place. So, uh, no big change for me, but you know, your, your mileage may vary. All right. And, uh, this, we have a voicemail from an unknown unidentified caller. It's a mystery. Ooh. And, uh, he s- says that he has solved the Mars problem. Hey, Mark. Chris, I got a uh, simple solution for your Mars problem. I um, think uh, all Nintendo has to do is say the only place you can get a Mewtwo is on the surface of Mars, and someone will be there next week. Problem solved. <laughs> Unfortunately, that- I mean, that is probably true. Have you seen the stories? Like, there was a head-on collision, and the guy going the wrong way was playing Pokemon Go while he was driving. So. Yep. Yeah, it's it's sad that Pokemon Go is going to cause somebody to get hurt. And well, let's let's put blame where blame is. That's not a Pokemon Go problem. That's a human wetware problem. Uh, in that Definitely. you know we're we're idiots in in Definitely. in mass. We're super idiots. Uh, I've I've read stories about a guy stopping in the middle of traffic to get out of his car and and go chase a Pokemon. I my kids discovered the app. Um, of course, it, it requires GPS, so it doesn't work on the tablets. But my my oldest has a phone. And she found that apparently some of the Pokemon are uh, uh, fans of this podcast because there were three of them in my studio. Um, oh. And there's a gym up the street. Uh, and so they I don't know what that means, but apparently it's a good thing. Um, so they've been walking around <laughs> chasing the little critters. There's a, And I, I love how businesses have gotten onto it. There's an ice cream place up the street that's yep. uh, got Pokemon flavors. Like there's a Pikachu. It's a scoop of vanilla ice cream and a scoop of lemon sorbet. So it kind of looks like Pikachu with the white belly and the yellow, and they put a face on it with sprinkles and stuff. And if you show them a rare Pokemon, you get a dollar off your order. So they're really milking it up. Uh, and they've got lures yeah. spread out. I, I'm not sure what that means, but my kids said that they were they had put lures around the area. So they're increasing foot traffic. So I, I think it's a clever way to to mix the virtual mm-hmm. and the real. But just don't be stupid about it. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I That's wasn't trying to to blame Pokemon right. Go on that, but it's just you know a simple people. 
you know, it's amazing. If you, if we were to go back in time, 2000 years, um, and, and we'll even just say 3000. So let's go back in time, 3000 people, 3000 years and look at all those silly primitive natives who carried this stone around and worshiped it and thought it could produce rain and, you know, make their lives happy and save their children and bless their cave with, uh, with increase. And we would say, look at those stupid cavemen who don't know any better, but fast forward 3000 years and we have this plastic silicon hunk of garbage that we look at and run into people and out of stuff. So, I mean, we have not changed in 3000 years. We still worship gods of wood, hay, stone, and stubble. So, you know, <laughs> let, let's carry on with religion weekly. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you know, the, Seth said, Seth and I said the same thing. I just said it differently. I said people are stupid, um, and that hasn't changed. Um, yeah, I just, I, and I don't. I haven't figured out what the. You can't play pay for anything in Pokemon Go, can you? I mean, is yeah. is there downloadable content and stuff? Yeah, there. It's microtransactions. So if you want lures or more Pokeballs, you have to pay for them. Okay. Um, there is, but it's not like you can't. It's not. Um, how how do I want to say this? You can't advance you can't, unless you pay. You no no no. You can advance. It just takes you longer. Okay. So it's it's a way to you know if you're going to spend the money, you'll power up quicker. But everyone can still get to the same place. It just takes time. And I saw a thing where a guy had three uh, uh, D printed a special case that helps you aim your Pokemon yep. ball. Yep. The Pokey Catcher case. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was pretty cute. Uh, and there's a way um, to get to start off with Pikachu. I read if you, when you yep. first start the game, if you walk away from your selections three times, um, then on the fourth time, Pikachu will be an option. So, yep. So if you haven't played yet, there you go. If you want a Pikachu, otherwise you have to wait till you find one live. And, and that means what? If you get a Pikachu? Well, Pikachu, Nothing. the, um, the Pokemon anime. Pikachu was the Pokemon of the lead. He was the favorite Pokemon of the main character. So, I mean, other than just being a friendly companion, is he super powerful or anything? Or no, okay. no, he's, he's just, actually one of the weaker ones. He's just Pikachu, and uh, yeah, he's he's the pretty he's much popular. the staple. Yeah, he's the staple of the market, basically. And he grows up to be something like no, no. no. Not Don't really. they turn into other things as they mature? The, yeah. Well, I mean, no, they stay Pikachu. They stay, they just grow. So, you know, it's it's well, like. Well, no, you could feed them an evolution and, and oh. make them and force <laughs> them to evolve. Okay. My well, son plays it heavily. So, yeah, um, I, I have become very well versed in Pokemon Go. Oh, no. I know, I know Pikachu and Team Rocket blasting off. That's about all I know from the series. So. <laughs> And the, there's there's the red team and the blue team, Mystic and something. There's three, three teams, teams technically: okay. red, blue, and yellow. All right. Yeah, you're you're educating me because my kids try to tell me about it, and I'm like, "That's nice, go away." Um, I, maybe <laughs> I should get involved. It'd be an opportunity to have some quality time with my children. But I know yeah. the moment I do, because there's only a couple of phones in the house that can do it, I'm going to lose my phone. It's going to be dad. I oh, need yes. your phone. There's a there's a sticky wicket or something. Um, well, no, because if a you Bulbasaurus. If, <laughs> if you if it's under your phone, it won't be their Pokemon because it's tied to a login account of some way. 
either Google a Google login or a uh, Pokemon trainer's login. Right. So they'll just log in on my app. Uh, or they don't really care if it's my account or their account. Uh, 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 whatever. Um, <laughs> we've we've given this, and I don't mean to dismiss it. If if you like it, you know, all you people out there, I'm not. I, I'm a firm believer that not everything has to be for everybody. This thing is not for this body. It doesn't bother me if it is your thing. Uh, I just I, I'm not. I don't. I didn't get that gene. I'm not interested in that. I, yeah. In the same way that I'm not interested in fashion, I'm not interested in that. In the same way, I don't like liver. I'm not interested. It is. It is that much mm. of a of a just a, a visceral. Well, I, I started to say dislike. It's not a dislike. It's just a. It's a complete and utter apathy. I mean, I would have to be unconscious to care any less about Pokemon yeah, you know, Go. And just like people make fun of me for the stuff I like, feel free to, and I will make <laughs> fun of you for Pokemon Go. I, it's it's okay. I don't get offended. The, the one, I was gonna say the one benefit I say that 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 Pokemon Go has is my son has never walked to the park as much as he has in the last couple of weeks, and willingly taken his sister to the park. Okay, uh, and and I so, hope that good things come from it. Um, and you know, I it's just one of these things. People need to be smart. When they are out and about, whether you have a cell phone playing Pokemon Go or you're just out taking a stroll in the neighborhood, don't be yep. stupid. You know, the real world still exists whether you have your phone or not. So, and that's something that has adults, we need to practice and model in addition to teach younger people. Yeah. All right. Moral of the story. Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. I like it. <laughs> okay, let's move into some other people who are stupid, but they're, you know, they have raised raised stupid to a high art form, um, and that's ISPs. Uh, specifically, Verizon now has decided that uh, you, can, you can use your old router. You don't have to get a new one, but you're going to pay us for the privilege of using the one that you bought. Yeah, this is um, starting, I believe it's next week. There will be a $2.80 monthly fee for files customers with old equipment. Now, I mean, okay, the routers are 10 years old. And, of course, Verizon says, well, these break down more. And so we need to have a way to recoup the service charge because the excess money we're making off the data caps and the plans aren't enough. So here's just another revenue stream for us. So. You know, it's one of those things. You either have to pay to use your old stuff or you have to buy new stuff and you really have to buy it from us or we won't guarantee it works. Um, so yay, Verizon, you know, they're really, they're going hard, challenging Comcast for the crappiest ISP in the USA award. So this will put them in the running, I think. Well, and a, and a second trick like unto it that you've listed here is that, uh, um, for those, because they're having a hard time getting, uh, fees because Verizon's been the unlimited uh, sanction a uh, powerhouse for a while. Um, you can still keep your unlimited data plan. We're not taking it away from you. We're just going to cut it off if you actually use it. Yeah, if you use more than a hundred gigs a month, you will be disconnected from the network on August thirty first. So they will cancel your plan. Um, they won't just cut you off for the month. They will cancel your plan if you dare to use the unlimited data. Because, you know, it's one of those things. They haven't sold unlimited data for a while, but people have kept it and gone month to month. And you can still keep it. You just can't use it. So, right. well, um, <laughs> to, to be fair, 
The article here on uh, Ars Technica says, uh, d- uh, for people who have unlimited plans and use significantly more than 100 gigs a month. So significantly is their wiggle word there. It could be 102 mm-hmm. gigs. It could be yeah. a terabyte. And yeah. um, I think they're, this is all about the abusers. Uh, you know, door-to-door mm-hmm. geek is, is fond of saying that he uh, of, abuses his wireless plan. And they're going to go after him, and not not by t- uh, slowing him down, uh, not by cutting him off, but just by canceling his account. That's crazy st- talk right there. But, you know, I mean, and here's the thing. It's freaking unlimited. Right. You know, Veri- it's Verizon's fault for not looking ahead enough to realize that there were other ways to bleep customers out of money and this is one of them but you know so people are using and here's the thing the 100 gig plan costs 450 dollars a month so the old unlimited plan wasn't that so it's just it's ridiculous you know data caps have five percent to do with network management because i mean they do help manage the networks, but 95% to do with increasing the ISP's bottom line. And I just wish, you know, they just, one, the thing, the reason I hate this so much is because all of these companies are de facto monopolies created by the government. So, you know, it's not like this one company broke through and said, hey, we invented this and we're going to, if you want to use our stuff, you have to pay our price. This is like the government said there can only be one of these cable companies here, you know, and so therefore, and I know Verizon's not a cable company, but, you know, if your choice is a cable company or a phone company and those two get together and say, you get this half of the territory and we'll get this half of the territory and we won't intermingle, I mean, those kind of agreements exist everywhere. And so because these monopolies were artificially created and maintained by the government, then the government has a responsibility to keep crap like this from happening. Yeah. And if, if you don't want me to have well, AT&T, I think, uh, handled it well. They, they had unlimited plans and they wanted people to get rid of them. And so their simple thing was, if you make any change at all to your plan, you're no longer unlimited. So in my case, when I went from uh, from 3G to 4G, there's no such thing as a 4G unlimited plan. So in order to get the speed, I had to get off the unlimited plan. Um, when my wife needed a nano SIM for her phone, there's no such thing as a nano SIM on AT&T's unlimited plan. In order to get a new SIM card, you now I could have cut down my old one, but in order to get a new SIM card, that 25-cent piece of plastic they had to take me off the unlimited plan. So that's that's draconian, but at least they're being intellectually honest about it. We don't want you to have this, and we're going to set restrictions. Verizon says, if you use the thing that you paid for, we're done with you. Wow. It just surprises me that they're going to... I mean, I understand that the business has the right to fire their customer, but, man, that's kind of low life to fire your customer because they're using what they've purchased from you. I mean, I don't, Seth, I don't see you have it in here, but like unto it is, is Netflix said they were going to grandfather their prices and they did for a couple of years. And now the grandfathering is over. Everybody got a price rate, uh, and, or actually the people who were still paying the cheaper rates got a price raise and, and people freaked out about that because, well, yeah, because you a made a promise of, and you broke your promise. A lot of people left and Netflix was shocked. They were shocked and appalled at how many people left over a couple of dollars a month difference. And so I was like, you know, 
unfortunately, because Americans have traditionally been so pathetic at at managing money and savings, a couple of dollars a month is make it or break it for most people because there's no emergency fund. There's no anything like that. And so all of a sudden it's an extra 25, 30 bucks a year. I have to pay for Netflix when I already have Amazon prime and true. There's a lot of stuff on Netflix. You don't get on Amazon prime, but between my Amazon prime and my cable and YouTube, and Spotify and Pandora and all these other things I have, I can get most of what's on Netflix. So I just, well, well except for the new Netflix only content. So they're right. Uh, it's a one, two punch They're Yeah. They, they've really started investing in original content, Netflix, uh, you know, daredevil. Uh, in fact, there's a whole new series. They just recently released uh trailer te- tra- teaser trailers. No, for uh, Luke Cage, the Luke Cage and oh, no. the defenders. Uh, so Luke Cage gets his own series and the defenders, which is, um, iron fist, uh, daredevil, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. Um, so they're doubling down on their, uh, original content all while making sure that, you know, for, for the things that you said, Seth, now you can't go there. And, and frankly, I'm fine with that. If you have enough original content that it's worth the nine bucks a month, then this is not a problem. What I have a problem with is you made me a promise. And the promise was your rates won't go up. And then you added a little codicil a couple of years later. Oh, yeah, we meant your rates wouldn't go up right away. Um, And when a company makes a promise like unlimited bandwidth, that's a promise. And when you break that promise, it frustrates me that there's no penalty for that. Like there's no under law. There is no penalty for Verizon being scumbags here Uh, because they can make a promise. They can say one thing. They can break that promise. And the only two choices are deal with it or leave. Well, no, see, they didn't break their promise. They modified their terms of agreement. So, and you don't have a choice. You know, your choice is stop using the service, you know, yeah, you don't. And then so, but yeah, I can't say, Hey, guess what? I lost my job. I'm only going to pay you half, but I'm going to get the same service. They're not okay with that. Yeah, it's it's like if I just decided one day to pay my mortgage payment, just pay half of it. And, you know, I, I'm modifying the terms of our agreement. I'm only going to pay half of it. That wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> they would they would jump up and down and scream and holler if you pulled that trick. Or, or maybe the next time I get a tax bill, maybe I just pay half my taxes and say, look, I, I'm unhappy with the service that my government has been providing. Um, I'm unhappy with the... With the uh, the level of 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 engagement that I've been getting from my federal government, so I'm just not going to pay the full federal income tax. I'm just going to pay half of that because I'm modifying the terms of our agreement. Uh, somehow, I don't think that would work. I would be modifying the terms of my jail cell. <laughs> right. Yeah. Pretty much. But if yep. you're a if you're a business, if you're Verizon, if you're too big to fail, then fine, do whatever you want. And yep. and if people don't like it, well, they can leave. Oh no, way, they can't leave because we created a monopoly. So you, if you want cell phone service, you have to do this. Oh, yeah. Because like in my area, if I wanted to change providers to something other than Verizon, ain't going to happen. There's, not a, there's no provider in the area that has the level of service that Verizon has here. Just the way it is out in the boonies, you I know, guess. And, and it's probably unrelated. But in terms of bad business decisions, Verizon has also decided to buy Yahoo. How, well, how in the world is that a good business decision? Hey, we're Verizon. We're known for the, having the fastest data network. Let's also buy 
a failing company that doesn't even know what kind of company it is. Are they search? Are they media? Are they fashion? Are they news? Who knows? Let's pay $5 billion for them. How are we going to finance that? By getting rid of all those sluggards who are using our uh, unlimited data plans. Yeah, I don't, you know, I'm Yahoo from way back in the day. My, uh, you know, my username actually shows you how long I've been there. And um, I, man, Yahoo was Google before Google. You yeah. know, it was, they were awesome. You could search the, I loved the My Yahoo page until they started stripping away all the useful features of it before they finally removed it all together. And now, I don't, I wonder, because I, I use my Yahoo email address for so much, what's going to happen when that's a Verizon thing, and I'm going to have an option of the crappy web-based version that's only up two hours every eighth Thursday of the month, and then, or the Verizon's going to offer me an internet fast lane for my Yahoo email. I, you know, I'm going to be, I just... Yahoo, I'm, oh, you so screwed the pooch. Um, I don't understand. So, but I mean, there are some things Yahoo does really well. Some of their news and their sports and things like that are, you know, a lot of their sports reporting is on par with ESPN. Uh, you can go, a lot of Yahoo news is nothing more than copying and pasting from, uh, business journals or other websites, but there is a lot of good, there, there are some things Yahoo still does really well that they haven't screwed up yet. I, but, I, I think they have the best, best fantasy football league, including the ESPN. I think yep, they're better than that. I do. Uh, the good news is that uh, Verizon doesn't actually get any of that. The term does not include any of the intellectual pop- property. So for $5 billion, I get buildings and employees. And, but none of the actual good stuff, anything that might actually be useful. No, we don't get that. That doesn't count. Yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand it, but, um, yeah, very strange. I guess the other question now is if Verizon is now an ISP, they now purchased a search company. Are they going to, I mean, are, they're obviously going to be doing deep pack and inspection now. Are they going to start trying to out Google Google? Well, you know, I would love that. I would love somebody to out-Google Google. Google. Uh, but the the idea that the combination of Verizon and Yahoo could do that is as laughable as me solving Einstein's field theory. It's just, it's not even in the realm of possibility. Because um, yeah, look at Microsoft. They have the browser. They have the computer desktop. They have the second major search engine in America. And... It, you know, I was going to say phone, but never mind. But they have like the Xbox player and all of that, and they're not even up to Google yet. So, and in the meanwhile, Google is trying to to be Verizon. You know, they're trying to be Comcast. They're trying to to expand yeah. beyond their horizons. I, uh, you know, I, I'm a little uncomfortable with Google being as powerful as they are, but they got there by being really good. Yep. And Verizon's yeah. trying to get there by being manipulative instead of good um and i have a problem with that um and moving on along crappy isp CenturyLink. not a lot of people have CenturyLink. they're not a big one i used to have them back in texas uh they've decided that their excessive amount is now 300 gigs a month on your home all right so we're not talking uh, uh mobile data anymore uh you're gonna get charged 50 dollars, or we'll just cancel your service whichever we decide oof yeah. So no, yeah. Their regular plan 
I don't know how much it is. And then for every 50 gigs over um, 300, it's an extra $10. And then if you get over 500 gigs a month, um, they'll cap the total additional charge at $50, but they could kick you off and just say, eh, we don't want you anymore. So you don't use the internet that you pay us access to. You know, you can't watch Netflix. You can't watch Amazon Prime. You can't do YouTube or Spotify or Pandora. You know, four different kids in the house, each one 24-7 streaming Netflix. You know, 500 gigs, that is going to fall by the wayside fast. Um, yep. And so... I can vouch for all of that. Yeah. And again, the reason, the reason, and they're just doing this in a test market to see how many people complain before they roll it out nationally. The reason they can get away with this is there is no competition. There isn't someone else you can jump ship and go to. If there was, they wouldn't get away with this. Actually, I like those terms. I think that's a reasonable term, $10 per gigabit until uh, capped at a maximum of 50. And that's the problem. They set terms that were too reasonable, and so now we've got to go back on them. We made you a promise, and now we have to break it because it turns out that we were reasonable, and reasonable ISPs just can't exist. I'm sadly, yes. (laughs) You know, I have nothing else to say other than it's crap. uh, Chris, what's your what's your? I know that you go over your limit every month. There, what is your your cap? Uh, I would have to double check to make, to tell you the truth, but I think it's, I think if I hit over 300 gigabytes, I start paying after that. Yeah. And that, that seems to be about the standard. Just, uh, last month, July, I think Verizon announced that uh, they're raising that to a terabyte. Uh, so they're, they're sort of being the unprovider, which is weird that Verizon would actually do something pro consumer. Uh, but they, they've went from, I think it was 300 before to now a terabyte. Uh, and that, and if you go over that, there is an overage that so far there's no been, uh, no, been no, uh, thought of cutting you off or, or <laughs> just dumping your service. Uh, but it's, it just seems weird that when your competitor is loosening the range, you got Google coming in with unlimited Google fiber and they're trying to, to go everywhere and, and Comcast slash Xfinity raising their rates. Why would you go so far as to say we don't want you as a customer anymore we're going to end our relationship because you're using our service too much it just seems so ridiculously tone deaf but like you said seth there's no other choice they are the bully and you have no choice but to deal with it yep and it, i don't want to have to tell my kids you know turn off the internet i'm always walking into rooms now saying turn off the lights Close the door. You're air conditioning the outside. Yes, I've become yep. that parent. You're air conditioning the outside. Close the door. Now I'm going to have to say, don't walk away from Netflix. Pause it when you leave the room uh, yep. because <laughs> we're going to be looking at the, that kind of world again. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I do that already. I just um, just yesterday I told my kids, you know, hey, we gotta we gotta stop because you're killing me on bandwidth when you leave it running. You know, after you leave, and I've. I've I've caught my daughter leaving uh, Hulu running. Hulu doesn't stop, in case you guys didn't know. If you're watching a season and it's a really long stretch season, Hulu will keep playing. Yeah, 22 hours. Stop. Just going. Yeah. Yep. Uh, One of my cord cutting things that I've been using is the PlayStation View service. And it's like that. You put the live TV on and it'll just go. And so my kids will turn the TV off. 
which only turns the display off. You know, it turns the sound and the the uh, the picture off, but it's still going there in the background. And I had to I had to educate them. Okay, before you turn this off, you got to press X exit a couple of times on the remote to get back out of this app. And uh, they've adjusted to that, but it's just what a weird world that I'm living in, where I would even have to have that conversation with my children. Yeah, bits <laughs> are free. Bits is bits, people. There, there's it's charging for bits is wrong. It's just it's the right, charging for the wrong thing. Now, charge for the speed, the the capacity. You know, we've had this conversation before. Charge me for my bandwidth. That is a reasonable thing, as Seth said. That's network management. That makes sense. But charging me for the number of bits that come through my pipe is ridiculous. There, it just doesn't cost you more to send data through a pipe or not send data through a pipe. It only costs you more for how much data you send at any one time. And to- Well, the, the thing that costs them more is if it comes from outside their network. Then there's the all the uh, relational agreements and, you know, the internet toll lanes that from crossing from one provider to another. Right, but then um, even those terms are in terms of amount of, of of capacity, not bits. Those aren't metered connections, they're bandwidth connections. And the idea is if I have x number of people pulling from this thing that costs me money it costs me money and so instead of dealing with the problem they've just decided to stick a meter on it um and 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 i've, I've come out in favor of this before saying if you're going to do that that's fine a reasonably price the bits at some fraction of a penny per bit and give me a, an obvious meter like i can walk outside and look at my electric meter read the numbers and know how much my bill is going to be i can't mm-hmm. do that chris you don't have that option you, you can't, Not really. You can't see at any one point in time. And if you could, it's up to you. You've got to install some endpoint device on your network. Yep. You know, it's not the, it, there's not a, a, a device plugged into your house. So we, we've set up a payment method that we can't really back it. We can't prove it. Uh, we just have to take their word for it. Oh, yeah, you use this much. Yep. Uh, there's no real way. Like I'm on the, I, I just pulled up my account right now to see what I could find. Um, so I was mistaken. I have a 400 gigabyte limit, not 300. Uh, so I guess I got to give them a little bit there, but I'm still on average, I'm over by at least a hundred gigs a month. Mm. And so yeah, my, and if, if and my bill is right around 250, just, just for internet. Um, and in local and basic telephone. So if you were a CenturyLink customer, you'd be in danger of having your account summarily disconnected for using that much data. Yeah, I would. And with the way my family burns through data, it would be that way every month. Yeah, I pay um, with with taxes and I lease the radio rather than purchase it because that way, if it ever goes out, they come fix it. And, you know, lightning in East Texas is a possibility. So I pay 111 with taxes and I get up to eight megs, but I have unlimited. <laughs> and, you know, eight megs is fine for one person. You can I can stream Netflix right. and my dad can be on Facebook watching videos and don't buffer. So, you know, it's, and luckily it's unlimited, so I can't pull it down as fast, but I can, I can pull all hours of the night. And, and the, what you just said there a couple of times, Netflix, uh, and, and Hulu and all these other guys, uh, they're pushing now for, you know, uh, 4k content, which is, that's not 4k is four times the resolution of, of Mm -hmm. HD. 
but it's right. not four times. It's not a logarithmic. It's more like 16 times the bandwidth to pull 4K. So yep. as content gets more, this bandwidth problem is going to become a, a crippling agent at some point. It's going to be where um, we cannot have the things that we want because the infrastructure is built incorrectly. And yep. that's that's really all there is to it. Now, well, and is it built incorrectly or is it modeled incorrectly? Because the the finance infrastructure is built incorrectly. Okay. Yes, the 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 hardware is fine. The hardware works, uh, but the uh, the financial infrastructure, the way it's laid out, is you're just charging for the wrong thing. And it's because, like everything else, when it's new, you don't know, so you have to compare it to something that you do know. Um, and so. I, I don't blame Verizon and, and Comcast and, and CenturyLink for making mistakes. I blame them for screwing their users for the consequences of those mistakes. Yeah, because now we're trying to find ways of saving bandwidth instead of not worrying about it. Yeah, and the only reason CenturyLink still exists is because the, the federal government gave them monopoly over us because they're a terrible company. Everybody agrees. Comcast, too. Comcast has the lowest customer appreciate uh, cu- approval rating like in history like it's it's in the negative five thousands i i don't know but <laughs> it routinely every year that these surveys are done comcast is at the bottom the only reason they're in business is not because they treat their customers well but because people don't have a choice and you know deregulation would change the landscape dramatically and i think positively it would be a, a bit of a nightmare for a couple of years but everything would everybody would improve in the long run that's that's my prediction. And I think it's going to come to that because we just can't continue in the model that we are now. But in the meantime, they're going to keep harvesting their users' bank accounts right. for all they're worth for as long as they can. And, as lo- and, and that's where you get companies like Google. They don't have to play by these rules because they're running their own lines. The, the whole point of the monopolies we talked about yep. were using public uh, you know, telephone lines and public uh, right-of-ways and public therapists. Google is just doing it themselves. Verizon Fios, uh, they did the same thing. They dig, dug all their own stuff. Um, and they, it's failing. They, they didn't make enough money out of it. Uh, so that's a, a failed experiment. Google, fortunately, has billions of dollars to throw at it, and they're going to keep throwing money at it until something happens. But that's what it takes. You know, you can't use a public thoroughfare. You can't run your your uh, lines through the the city access unless you play by these rules. So Google just says, fine, we'll buy all the land we want to run over. We'll we'll microwave it. We'll do whatever we need to do. Yep. Um, and that's what's going to happen is these other people. Unfortunately, it takes a, a multi-billion dollar company to do it. But, you know, somebody right now in their garage is working on a solution that fixes this. Uh, you know, a terabit Wi-Fi, you know, it's a thing. <laughs> and then it, Verizon buys them and shelves the technology. Well, that's possible. That is How do you know possible. that hasn't happened? You don't. Proof, I mean, how yeah, do we know that the hundred mile per gallon carburetor isn't sitting in Exxon's vault somewhere? You know, you don't. Yeah. Fun times. Fun times. I would hope not. But <laughs> well, you know, I had a transition, but our conversation went away from it. So, uh, Flash is is dying, and uh, Google has already declared war on it. Now, Firefox or is is declaring war on the Mozilla Foundation. Yes, so Firefox is will begin the process of retiring Adobe Flash on August 2nd with the release of Firefox 48, and then 
um, with Firefox 53, probably later the same day, flash plugins <laughs> will require the user to actively click to play. So like if you go to Chrome now and you go to something that uses flash, you get the little box that says, uh, this is flash. Do you really want to do this? And then you click, yes, I'm stupid. I really want to do it. And it's not, but there's just a lot of stuff out there that's flash content and you know, it, it's okay. I, I, I love to bash it, but. Yay, you know, poor Flash. The internet, you helped bring the internet of age. And so, you know, there's a fond place in the cemetery for you. We have reserved. But, um, <laughs> so yeah. And then, so eventually they're going to get to where it is, um, a thing of the past. And I don't know what's going to happen, uh, to educational websites now. Um, finally have to get out of XP and upgrade past IE6. And, um, you know, I guess they'll have to move on to some other browser. In my daily life, uh, the two things I can think of that require Flash are the speedtest.net website right. and ads. Those are the only two things in my world that are Flash in my everyday life. Um, and it's probably the case for a lot of people. Yeah, Even there if they was don't a realize game, it. There right. was a game site I liked, ancon.com. They're Flash games. So, um, you know, you kind of got to have. And so what I did was the ones I liked, I downloaded years ago. And so I'll just open up a browser and point to that file and play it locally. <laughs> so um, I guess I'm going to have to go get a standalone version of Firefox and don't let it update or something. So I'll be able to do that in the future. And the, the problem with Flash is the same problem that Java ran into is it's too powerful. It is mm -hmm. a full on virtual in machine environment. Um, and that makes it able to do all sorts of cool stuff like games and internet speed tests and ads. Um, but it also, it gives it too much power, you know, but prior to, to flash was shockwave and shockwave mm -hmm. was even more powerful and it, it sort of died because it was too resource hungry. Um, right. I don't, I can't recall the last time I saw a shockwave enabled elements anywhere. Uh, it died on its own, but the, but the Adobe people were were good at keeping Flash nimble. It's still relatively small bits of code, as is Java, um, but it's just too much, and people don't need that much power. And I like my, uh, Firefox's methodology. It's still there. You can still do it. We're just going to make you click it because, so that you understand what you're doing. Yep. And I think that's a fine way to do it other than just, you know, Apple's no Flash ever, no matter what. Flash is dead in 2007. No, Flash wasn't dead in 2007. No, but yeah, but now. you could argue they they helped to kill it. So, um, but you Maybe. know, I think I would love for DC the comics to do you know create a one shot character, a one shot graphic novel where the Flash was like killed by a supervillain named Firefox, you know, or the Fox of Fire, <laughs> Diddy cool. Man, or something like that. I just think that would be a cool way to get some. That could be you know what is that synergy between comics and search engines and uh, web browsers? That would be awesome. Yeah, I call it the death of the Flash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be good. Uh, it would be cool. Well, as Flash is dying, the drone economy is being birthed. 7-Eleven just made its first delivery of donuts by a drone this week. Yes. So uh, they're, they're just testing it now. It's not available everywhere, but this happened in um, Reno. So what happened was 7-Eleven looked at this store and then they said, hey, let's try it. Let's test a drone out of here. So they did some like um, publicity and said, hey, somebody 
who lives like within a couple of miles, would anybody be interested in home delivery from 7-Eleven? So, um, you know, this guy ordered a chicken sandwich, donuts, coffee, candy, and some Slurpees. And the goods were packaged into two containers and they were separately flown to his home. Uh, the containers were lowered to the ground and retrieved by homeowners. So, you know, all of this talk about Amazon, you know, the drones are coming, drones are coming. There's been some funny commercials about them. 7-Eleven, the first um, public delivery. So, you know, I mean, I guess there's some private stuff between companies or whatever, but this was the first public one that I know about and that The Verge could find out um, happen in America. Anyway, I don't know. You know, Japan probably uh, transports via mental telepathy and giant mecca by now but we're <laughs> trying to get drones going so what made this so cool to me was that it was fully autonomy uh, autonomous uh there wasn't a, a, a human at the at the controls um and that's that's kind of cool and mm-hmm. i i see this as the future i really do um as the technology gets better uh the ups guy is going to be replaced by small autonomous flying vehicles uh and that doesn't bother me at all uh because a lot of what like just taking my own you know amazon purchases for example uh, ups delivers every one of them because of the deal that they get most of them are small and light i don't order a lot of heavy stuff so the heavy stuff can go on trucks the you know 20 percent of my purchases the other 80 percent can be handled by these small autonomous short-range vehicles um and I'm watching a video here that uh, that you'll be able to link to uh, from our notes. Is It shows that the vehicle stayed about, I'm going to say, 50 feet up in the air and lowered the cargo uh, by, uh, by a rope. That, that's important for a couple of reasons. One, it keeps them out of the danger zone, right? Uh, those things are dangerous, and they can hurt people. Yeah. Uh, also, it's going to keep your dog from jumping up on it. Uh, also... Um, as you get close to the ground, the rotor wash is what makes these things more difficult to control. Um, not because not that the autonomous systems can't do it, but because turbulence and things like that uses more energy. So it was a really smart design to do all that. And and currently you had to have somebody go get it. But I could easily see a, a, a simple quick release mechanism and they'd be able to drop that thing right on my front porch with just as much accuracy as the UPS guy does. It's going to be a decade. But uh, I, I, for one, am all for this, not just because I'm a drone enthusiast, but because I think it's a more efficient and effective way of doing things. Um, the the energy uh, consumption is going to be much less than, than that big diesel engine rumbling down the street. Yeah. So what you're saying, Mark, is that you are in favor of eliminating American jobs. That's, <sighs> what, that's what I heard you say. You're uh, trying to put hardworking may, may Americans try to put words in my mouth by saying <laughs> such like that. I have always been for the American worker, and that has never changed. Yeah, they're just going to have to go work somewhere else because you can't deliver stuff anymore. I'm sure we're eliminating the jobs that the Americans don't want. There you go, and and solving the NAFTA issue all in one shot. Man, you you gotta you know. You can't be hired unless you have experience, but you can't get experience unless you're hired. And what we're doing is systematically eliminating all of the entry level positions in the workforce. Um, you know, so eventually your first job is going to be a CEO of a company run of drones. And that's going to be the only job available anymore until Skynet officially takes over. And then you just become power. Um, you know, I, I hear you. I understand you, but nobody misses the blacksmith or the gas lamp light. Remember in the old day? No, you don't remember because none of us were around, but in the old days, 
streetlights were gas powered yep. and they actually paid a person to go around with a match and light all the gas lights that was a job and when edison invented the the electric light bulb and the the power distribution system that person lost his job and the world was better off for it sorry one guy who lost your job the world was better off because of it and if the ups guy loses his job but the rest of the world gets better i, I have no problem with that Welcome to the wheels of progress. Nobody misses the the wheelwright, you know, the guy who who just uh, bended metal around um, uh, wooden frames to make wheels for wagons. It was that's that was the real wheelwright. That was his name. Nobody misses him. He's gone. Now it's JJ's Tire Shop. They do the same thing, but in a different way. So yeah, get off your high horse, Seth. You know, I'm not buying it here. No, I'm just you know, this is we got to represent all viewpoints. I understand. Yeah, I mean, you know, hey, I, I, it was there. It was an opening. I had to right. take it. It was, and I thought I landed good anyway, regardless <laughs> of your denial. Oh, and, and news that's just too weird to, for me to understand. France takes his, uh, 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 puts his sights on Microsoft for collecting too much data from Windows 10 users. Now, France has already been pretty uh, anti-Google. But now yeah. they're being fair about it, and they're being anti-Microsoft, too, because the, your computer knows stuff. Yes. So, um, and here's, they didn't kind of, they ordered Microsoft to stop tracking Windows 10 users, and um, they're kind of already in violation of some EU um, tracking policies. And France is just saying you have three, I don't know what they're, I don't know what France can do, but um, what Microsoft is collecting it under the safe harbor agreement um, that was invalidated by the EU court system back in October. So they basically have three months. It's like, you know, they're saying stop or we'll say stop again. Right. And we're giving you three months this time. So, you know, there, there's a ton of stuff that Microsoft collects. And if you like the Cortana you know, thinking that this time you're going to ask for a triple decaf soy latte grande with a shot of plankton and animal crap or whatever you put in your star. And so it's going to say, would you like to order this? If you like that, good. But if you're somebody who clings to the illusion of privacy because it doesn't really exist anymore, then yay, France. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Computers have to know stuff to do stuff. Yeah, that's kind of the whole way it all works. What what cracks me up, though, about this whole article is that France estimates that in the entire country, there are 10 million Windows 10 users. That's a very, very small number for a whole country. Um, that's, you know, I'm just saying. Windows 10 hasn't exactly had a huge penetration. At least not yet. Yeah, well. You know, and maybe that was, maybe the quote is from, uh, you know, earlier in the year before they, so. According to anonymous strangers on the internet, in 2013, the census data shows that France has 66 million people. So they're estimating that uh, one in every six, um, almost uh, one in every 6.6 people um, is using Windows 10. Really? I mean, wouldn't why wouldn't you go after Google where I would say six in every six people are using uh uh Google products? Uh, uh it's it's just a, an odd target and it just seems like you a way aim to make for the it. ones you can hit. 
I guess. So, yeah, that know, must be. You start with Microsoft. And and of course it was like you said, stop or OC, stop again. It's it's you've got three months to stop doing this. We're not gonna know how you stop doing it, and we're not gonna really know what you're telling you to we just stop. Stop being Microsoft. Well, no, what what'll happen is they will give you there'll be like some opt out thing. Like there'll be some, you know, Microsoft uh security update three oh three seven eight one nine two that when you install it, it will prompt up a dialogue box and says, you know, you are being you are giving us permission to track these different things. Um, do you want us to continue to do so? And then so there'll be no, 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 no. And then the next month there'll be Microsoft three oh three seven one 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 that invalidates that previous update and nobody will know the difference um th- that's what they do microsoft gives you the choice that you complained for and then they take that away and substituted the choice they wanted you to make so that that's all that's going to happen here yeah. france is going to save face and win for a month and then it'll be business as usual it's going to be like the browser ballot all over again yeah and seth i i often change your headlines because you know, I just don't think they flow as smoothly. This may be the best headline you've ever written, and I'm going to read it word for word. Microsoft brings Skype to Linux, comma, finds it still populated by spoiled brats. <laughs> I worked hard on that one. Um, yeah, so Skype has released an alpha version for Linux. So give them a break people it's alpha but alpha implies beta which implies polished release so again they didn't release a final product they said hey this is the alpha of what we're working on it's going to look different and it's going to be filled out by the time we get there but you spoiled brats have complained loud enough and long enough we'd rather hire some developers and listen to you you know bleep and moan all the time and so uh, what did all the spoiled brats do? They bleeped and moaned some more and said, I can't believe this is, you know, it's not open source, blah, 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 blah. And so it's these kind of idiots are the reason that Microsoft exists because they can't, un- they're so mad because it's not open source. How dare you have a non-open source thing on Linux? So therefore, we're just going to complain and nobody's going to take it seriously because of that. But so anyway, it's an alpha. It doesn't work. You don't get the full feature set, but Microsoft is reach. This is not the Microsoft of yesteryear. They are an open source. They are a software company that has both open sourced and closed source projects. This is a closed source project that they are bringing to Linux in order, you know, a lot of web runs on Linux and you know, there are a lot of Linux distros out there that are very polished. And this removes one of the barriers as to why people can't use Linux in business. And it's ba- it's built on open source standards. So they right. took the WebRTC, which is an open source real time communication product, and they built a closed source engine around it. And and that's what people are mad about. So they they're saying you used open source stuff to build closed source stuff. Well, yeah. And that's everybody does that. Oh, that's the, the beauty of open source. You can do that. Yep. Um, and and they're saying that it this isn't any better than other products. Okay, it's alpha. Shut up. Stop whining. You could use that same argument to talk about 798,263 of the (laughs) 798,264 Linux distributions that are out there. They don't do anything this other one doesn't do. Why do we have them? It's the same argument. So anyway, I just, 
like make I I was so proud of my title on that one. I just got to talk a little. <laughs> yeah, it basically it's it's the the neck beards just aren't going to like anything Microsoft does because it's Microsoft. Yeah, right. it's it's back That's down the way to the, I read this article. It's back down to the religious war. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, it's it's the people griping are the reason that people don't look at Linux because somebody's going to go look at Linux and says, "Hey, how do I install a distro RTFM you stupid noob you know by a thousand people rather and by the time somebody says hey if you'll go click on this program it'll but you're 20 pages into the comments before you find the helpful advice well that person's going to tell everybody they know I'm not going to try Linux that's ridiculous yeah and so if these people had a better attitude the year of Linux desktop would have came and went and you know this would have been the Linux millennium but no, we're still fighting. I've said this many times. I'll say it again. The uh, the greatest attribute that the open source community has is its members. The greatest liability the open source community has is its members. Yep. Um, and Seth, I think I really think you nailed this. That Microsoft reaches out to the Linux community and says, "Here's one of our our flagship products, um, and we're going to make a new version, new and improved for Linux." And the the response is, well, yeah, well, f you for trying. Pretty much, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. So, man, you know, I mean, I, I, this this if anything, this reading this story makes me have sympathy for Microsoft. So, <laughs> and that takes a lot. Honestly, I don't know if I would have <laughs> go that far. That's that's kind of reaching there. You know, Microsoft is not the company it was. Well, it is. This is not the Bill Gates Microsoft. It just isn't. No, it's not. They're they're changing so many ways that they do things. I mean, and this whole uh, my Windows is essentially a software subscription now. They've they've pretty much come right out and said that, which is so uh, you know antithetical to selling software, which is what they've done uh, so many times before. It is it is Microsoftian in that it's. Uh, will forever get money from you, mm-hmm. um, but it's just it's just a very different company, uh, and and I think we may see you know in the in the next couple of decades, and I believe they're going to be around for the foreseeable future. I, I mean, I my life will not end before Microsoft's or my life will end before Microsoft's life ends. I, I believe that they will right. be around the day I die. Um, but I think it's going to be a very different company because the the old nineteen eighty five way of doing things just can't exist in this modern environment and good on them for seeing it. You know, we just spent an hour talking about companies that didn't see that mm-hmm. and are still trying to do things the old way. So, you know, I'm not a Microsoft apologist, but I do make my living for Microsoft. So I, I spend a lot of time uh, using their stuff. Um, well, everyone so does. I, I just, you know, I applaud them for recognizing that this is not 1990 and they can't do things the way they did. And they're going to be some missteps, but I great on them for trying. And so I, 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 for one, want to go on record as saying Microsoft is a changed company, uh, and it's changed for the better in terms of open source development and adoption. They are no longer uh, trying to eradicate the open source community, but trying to embrace it. Instead, the open source community is kicking them in the balls every chance they get. And I get it, right? For so long, we were the enemy. And they were the enemy. The, the Microsoft was anti-open source, and they wanted to crush any open source thing. But 
now they're they're actively contributing to open source projects. They're on the the Linux Foundation. That it's a very different thing. We need to recognize that if they can change, we can change, and should. Yeah. Sorry, this is a return to everyday Linux people, <laughs> just for a little bit. <laughs> We're still the same guys, just a new name. Um, so yeah, I, I just the pedantry never ceases to amaze me, and this is what this is. Uh, we've released something so. Microsoft would have been better off not releasing this and only testing it in-house in, from a public uh, uh, relations perspective. Yeah. But they, they, you know, and they're a big enough company, they could have done it. But they wanted to dog food it. They wanted to get out there. What do you, tell us what you think. Let's get your input. Microsoft doesn't do that. They don't get input from users, ever. Or, they tell you what you want. Or they wait till they sell you the product to get input. Right. So, you know, this is they're calling it alpha. And, you know, and to be honest, um, this article brought out that not everybody dogged them. There were people who said, hey, you know, I understand this isn't perfect, but way to go, Microsoft, for trying. So, you know, if you don't click, if you don't read the article, our uh, our telling of it would be tainted a little bit. But but that that is in there as well. But the old Linux guard, unfortunately, has got to get out of the way. Um, it was needed to protect the Linux world from the Microsofts and the Oracles that would have seek to destroy it in its infancy, but it's matured to the point to where it can stand on its own. And Microsoft has realized that. And now Microsoft is seeing the open source, um, world has a revenue stream. And you can't be mad at that because Red Hat sees the open source world as a revenue stream and you aren't dogging Red Hat. So you can't dog Microsoft. You know, it's time. Let, let's, couldn't we do more together? Can't we all just get along? <laughs> and something I want to point out, I, I don't think we have uh, been clear about it. We're, this article and our discussion about it makes it sound like Skype for Linux didn't exist before. It does. Chris is using it now yes, and uses it every week, uh, but it hasn't been updated in ten years. Oh yeah, it's it's uh, very dated, and you can see it whenever you look at it. It looks pretty darn old. And because Linux has been updated, it doesn't work as well as it did even when it was old back then. So, I mean, just just today, as early as an hour and a half ago, Chris had to tweak some stuff on his Skype installation because. It worked fine last week. He shut down his computer. He brought it back up. It doesn't work. And that's the kind of things that happen when software gets stale. Yep. Uh, and so I appreciate Microsoft's effort to bring to bring the Linux community into this product because they abandoned us. They they had official Linux releases uh, for a while and then they stopped. And it just it was out there and it's in the repositories and you can get it. But it's it's dead. It's abandonware. It still works. Thankfully, it works really well. I use it on my Linux laptop. Chris uses it on his. It's there. But this is an, a, a, an overt attempt by Microsoft to say, let us include you on our newest and best. And that's new. That is an entirely new attitude for Microsoft. And appreciated. Yeah. I really wish they, that this would have started sooner. Maybe we wouldn't be having this type of a, a discussion on something that should have been worked on, even even light work on you know, in the last five years. But hey, Microsoft only made like 20 billion last quarter and only like 2.1 of it was profit. <laughs> so, you know, they just had to allocate their resources, uh, you know, and circle back around in the same they pinned in a previous meeting for us to get access to it today. 
I, as a, as a Windows <laughs> using Linux user, embrace this and say, Microsoft, if you want to wrap your arms around the Linux community, this is one Linux user that will accept that warm hug. Oh, I think it, I'm actually hoping they do. Um, I think it, it's an interesting thought when you start looking at the way the world is moving. Windows isn't in the right place. I think they're, they're woefully behind the, the a thought where Linux is a little bit better when it comes to something as simple as multi-userness. Um, how many times have we, at least I've seen where multiple users on a machine, you have one person, one user cause problems with the other user without meaning to. You know, yeah, just by being. Yeah, just by being. Yep. So Linux does a better job when it comes to that, but I, you know, and then there's, all the other FUD stuff that we talk about, the you know the or that that we try to disband when it comes to viruses and infections and all that other stuff, it's still here in Linux. It's just harder to do. Right. All right. I think that horse is well and truly beaten and dead. Um, so Seth, tell us what happened this week in history. All righty. So we're going to go back in time to nineteen sixty two. Uh, July the 23rd, 1962, Telstar relays the first publicly transmitted live transatlantic television program, and it featured Walter Cronkite. So Telstar, of course, is a satellite, um, and so they beam stuff transatlantic. And that happened this week in history, 1962, 54 years ago. Wow. And the world has been changed ever since. Yep. Transatlantic. So think about that. There aren't a lot of things today that are transatlantic. I mean, in, in f- 50 years later, there's BBC America and there's BBC. Um, you know, Netflix is transatlantic, but in terms of television, there just isn't much. You know, these guys said, hey, let's, let's cast some, some American television over to the, over the ocean. And the 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 uh, Brits looked at it and said, "Meh," <laughs> and it kind of stayed that way. Yeah, but you know, well, I mean, the Olympics happen. Major sporting events are trans World Cup stuff like that. Uh, yeah. You know, major news is transatlantic. So now, but you know, back then that was uh, you know because okay, that was 1960. 50 years before this, at about the time the Titanic went down, it took you, what, a couple of weeks or at least a week to get across the ocean. And now you can see something live. And now, 50 years from this, you can have really, for all practical purposes, real-time conversation transatlantic. So, you know. You can have real-time conversations in the Atlantic. Yeah, that's I mean, true. <laughs> that's that's kind of the amazing thing. Um, uh, let's see, if I remember correctly, Philo Farnsworth invented the television in '36, I think. So less than 30 years after it was invented, it became a global thing. Hmm, right. And then 50 years later, uh, you know, television isn't is barely even a thing. We watch media now, but it's it's television isn't really. We don't even think of it as television anymore. Yeah, we don't. The, yeah, but the, we still call it television like we still dial a telephone. So. Right, and hang up the phone. When was the last right. time you hung a phone anywhere, ever, right. for any reason? Yeah, I can't think of one. <laughs> we have one at home. Okay. But when I, that on my, my Android, leaves. 
you know, <laughs> on my slab of glass, when you dial, the button says dial, and when you want to stop, the 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 button says hang up or end. Um, I yeah, end is, is a lot of calls. <laughs> yes. I, I, I remember vividly my first cell phone um, experience, dialing the number and waiting, and nothing happened. And and somebody said, oh, you have to hit the send button. Well, that's just stupid. Why would I have to sit the send? I already dialed the digits. Why would I have to hit send? Yep. Just I was a, I was a, a, a loudmouth even then. <laughs> it's nice to know nothing's changed. <laughs> I, I've done that before. I've, I've I've hit the number and held it up to my ear, and I'm thinking it's taking a long time for this call to connect. And I look down and go, "Oh, dial." So my phone and a lot of a lot of newer phones with proximity sensors. If you dial the number, and put it to your ear, it'll it'll yeah, go. It'll dial it. It's it senses that. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Your new phones. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. This is the part of the show where I tell you how you can tell us what you think. If you would like to be like the unknown caller and uh, and leave your voicemail, you can call dial 559-IAM-OP and leave us a, a voicemail. If you'd like to be uh, like Owen, who sent us an email, you can go to elementop.com, click the Contact Us button the top of the page fill out the form which is what owen did and tell us what you think or if you don't if you want to be a rebel and you don't want to be like owen or the unknown caller you can send us an email directly at geekrant at elementopi.com that goes to all three of us so i can't censor your wishes and uh, we love to hear what you think uh you know we've covered a wide range of stuff here today uh so there's lots of fodder for you to to feedback let us know what you think and uh, we'll probably put it on the show because you know we haven't had an honest uh, an original idea in like four years we're kind of <laughs> counting on you at this point. It's been a long time, people. Yeah, come help on. Out. We need we need the help. Help a brother out. <laughs> uh, um, all right. I think that's all I have to say. So, Seth, take us out of here with your link that will lower my productivity, thus making you look like a better hiring option. Okay. This one has real uh, potential to lower some productivity here. Um, what it does is um, if you're a fan of um, – late night with Conan O'Brien, then you might have already seen this, but he got a bunch of comedians to um, quote-unquote audition for the young Han Solo. And so Bill Hader, Melissa McCarthy, um, Adam Sandler, um, Jeff Goldblum, uh, to name a few, show up, and they... um and it's just funny. So um, it's about six minutes long, but it's well worth it. You could watch this and then talk about it so much your boss fires you because you annoyed him. And thus, you <laughs> created a position for me. So this really fits the lower your productivity to make me a more attractive hire. I like it. Like I say, it's six minutes. So, um, and of course, obviously it's a, it's a YouTube video, so it has sound, but it is safe for work. But I think it's funny. Melissa McCarthy as Han Solo. That that is both inspired and strange all at the same time. <laughs> they they're they're funny. <laughs> She's got the wig. <laughs> oh, and they have Curtis Fifty Cent Jackson. Uh, <laughs> they get him to do it. This <laughs> was really good too. Um, so anyway, I would play a few minutes of this, but then ironically, playing a YouTube video would get us pulled off of YouTube. So yeah, I won't do that. You'll just have to go check it out. It's worth it. Go watch it. Uh, okay, so uh, I'm going to have to turn this off because I can't uh, not 
watch this. All right, here we go. Now that we're done. Uh, this is where I say thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, we had a couple people live in the chat room and watching us. Uh, although you just logged in and didn't say anything, uh, guys, you kind of have to communicate a little bit. Um, but we appreciate you hanging out with us. Uh, we do this show every Sunday night at somewhere around 7.30 p.m. Eastern if you want to hang out live with us. We appreciate it. We like it when people hang out live. Also, it uh, goes out on our YouTube secret, uh, 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 insider secret. Here. <gasps> as soon as we hang up, uh, hang up, yes. As soon as I hang up this conversation, put the computer back on the wall, uh, the unedited feed of this goes live on YouTube. So you can watch this three whole days before those slackers who are listening to it in their RSS feed uh, get it. And you get it unedited, so you can hear all of Chris's curse words that I can. Oh. So it's, yeah. a, it's a pretty amazing thing. So check us out there. Also, um, obviously, uh, we appreciate uh, ratings and reviews, anywhere, whether it's on YouTube or, or iTunes or Stitcher or whatever. Uh, you could do us a big favor and do, uh, and do that. And I, just, I haven't made a plug for it in a while. Uh, com slash audible. Um, it's the same deal everybody else gets. I'm not going to feed you the line about a special deal for listeners of this podcast. No, it's the same deal everybody gets. Um, you get a free book if uh, if you sign up. Basically, here's the way it goes. You sign up, they send you a free book. A month later, they bill you and give you another free book. A month later, they bill you and give you another free book, except it's not free because they're billing you. But the first book's on us, on on Audible. So sign up, check it out. And we get a very generous kickback. I mean, um, referral fee for that. So I encourage you to check it out. If you're a podcast listener, you're probably going to be an Audible listener. Uh, I know that it, it literally, I, I say this, you know, um, in a joking way many times. But in this case, it truly did change my life. Audible changed my life. It, it restored to me the love of reading that I once had back when I had time to read. Um, and now... Uh, I, I listen to, you know, anywhere between, depending on the book. I just finished uh, Peter F. Hamilton's Pandora Star, uh, 30 hours. That one took me a while. Um, but I, I generally do a book or two a week uh, in the car on the way to traffic. And uh, so I really appreciate uh, Audible. And so I'm making this pitch, not just because I get a generous kickback, but because I really believe if you're a podcast listener, you're also probably going to be uh, 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 an Audible enjoyer. So check them out. Anyway, that's my uh, pitch there it would it would throw a little money our way uh but mostly uh go go you there for and tell other people about the show i hope you enjoy it and if you uh if you do tell others about it so thanks for hanging out with us and uh chris seth as always thanks for being the best ho- best host i can afford on what i pay you sure thing. which is nothing <gasps> um and uh we'll see you uh next week because that's it for this episode of the geek rant <laughs>